Hello and welcome to the new moon reading for the new moon that fell on December the 14th, 2020. Now I don't really tend to go in for astrology that much because there are people out there who know a hell of a lot more than I do, but I am very much aware that yesterday, because I'm recording this the day after the new moon, um, was not only the new moon but also a total solar eclipse which uh, was, I think, only viewable in South America um, as the total eclipse. And then also we are coming up in a week's time on the 21st of December to the conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn, which apparently is going to be creating um, very much the look of a, a star, like the star above Bethlehem. And uh, so the astrology is very much active and very powerful at the moment. And it's one of the reasons why I am only recording the reading today and not yesterday, because it felt like just needed to allow things to settle in before I before I did this reading. As ever, it's a three card reading. For those of you who are new, the three cards are always the foundation card in position number one and that is something that is happening or has happened but is foundational to the main thrust of the reading the theme of the reading which is in position number two the current weather something that we are going to be encountering in the next few weeks and beyond and then finally card three is the agency or the tool card, something where you can act upon your circumstances either to assist with the current energy or to mitigate it. But in some way, it is how you face the, well, face the music, I guess, or face the, the theme of the month in a way that feels meaningful to you. So that it's not just simply things that are happening to you and happening around you, but things are happening through you as well. And so it is a way of actively participating. And also, I would like to add here that the idea of surrender is also actively participating in, in a process. To surrender to something is not a passive thing. In fact, um, anyone who has, who has reached a state of surrender can say that it's, it's not really passive. It is, it is a very alive process that happens. So in other words, when I say the tool card, I think that I think it's worth clarifying that that it's not really about controlling anything. If you want to control things or try and control things, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing right or nothing wrong about control. But rather the tool card is a way of being able to engage in what is happening in a way that feels meaningful to you, personally meaningful to you, and in a way that you can impact yourself, your surroundings, and also the collective. And um, and that and impacting the collective might not be in a grandiose way at all. This is not about going out and trying to save the world. Um, it might be for some of you, but but that what's more important is is how you are in this. What it is that you are being, rather than what it is that you are doing. And that final card is that way of understanding. It's not only a, an action card, but it's a way of understanding how you fit into things. So I have shuffled the deck and I have the three cards face down in front of me. And 
I am going to do what I always do in a reading as well, which is that this is a live reading. In other words, I haven't peeked at the cards. I don't know what's going to be um, what's going to be coming along. And so you and I are going to be going through this together. In terms of the cards themselves, you are welcome to take a closer look. I'm going to put a link to each of the individual cards alongside this um, audio, and it will be in the introductory section. And so I would encourage you to turn the cards over as I'm turning them over rather than to, to look at them before I do. So in other words, there is a way of, of participating in the reading as if it were live. And then the, the, final, um, the final picture that I include are all three cards together. So it's a way of stepping back and having a look at the larger picture once all of this has taken place. So, first card. And this is the foundation card. So again, this is something you are bringing in. It's already happened or it is already happening. It's not going to happen but it plays a significant role in the way that it mixes with the current theme to create, um, to create an energy, to create a, a, a sense of experience of what's going on, a flavour. So the foundation card is the Princess of Swords. I love the Princess of Swords. There are very few tarot cards that I that I don't really like, but I have a particular love for the Princess of Swords just simply because of her her stance, her demeanor in this card. So I will I will describe it to you, particularly for those of you who don't really have access to the images at the moment. But the princess is she's clothed beautifully in white fur, um a white fur wrap that is round her shoulders and it seems like she's got a white white gauze or silk scarf around her neck and some kind of white gauze across her torso with, with star-like dots on her shoulders, which reminds me of the sky. And her headdress is the most extraordinary red um, and red sort of material that, that weaves into her hair. Her hair's like feathers. It reminds me of peacock feathers um, with, a, with a red eye on the one side. But then the other eyes are the eyes that make up the headband of her, her of her headdress. And they are all they are eyes just looking out at us, looking at them. And they are the same color as the Princess of Swords eyes. In other words, she is perceptive. She is keenly perceptive. She sees everything. She's young, but she sees everything. So there's something here about the princess being a young card. So that is that can reflect um, an aspect of you, an aspect of your personality, the inner child, for example, because the princess is the youngest of all of the court cards. It may also reflect um, somebody in your life that is either the age of the princess of swords, does not have to be female, can be male, and um, but but may also not just not be um, reflective of the age of the Princess of Swords, young, but could embody a sort of young at heart, freedom of spirit kind of feeling. But if this is somebody outside you, and it's always going to become, it's always going to be part of a person, um, the, the courts are personality based, then if it is somebody outside of you, it is also, they are there to reflect something that is very much the Princess of Swords in you too. And because this is foundational, this is in some way, it, she has already made herself known. She is already active, activated in you and activated around you. 
So the the um, the writing, because Carl Rorig, whose deck I'm using here, the Rorig Tarot, tarot is um, he always uses writing on his cards, and it's a mixture of German and English. And the, the words that stand out for me here are rebellion. There are there are two rebellions written down here, and also victory over moods, um, and then. There's something from, and I can't read it, which is quite interesting, to clarity. So um, so it's interesting that I can't read the one thing that isn't clarity. So from something to clarity. And the princess has sheathed her sword under her arm. In other words, she's not battle-like. This is not a war. And if it's a war, it's a war with herself or a war for herself. This is a battle that she is fighting for herself. And round her wrist is a chain that has been broken and several strands of rope, um, the end of one, um, the end of which is hanging underneath her hand. So this is about freeing herself through her acute perception. Swords are clarity and insight at their very best. They are the analytical mind making links uh and also breaking links um, in, in one's life. In other words, it is the mind that can entrap us and it is also, and that's the Eight of Swords, for example, Eight of Swords, then to the Nine of Swords, but it is also the mind that can liberate us. And with the Princess of Swords, it liberates because she has insight. She has insight into a particular situation. So in this, as a foundational card in the reading, there has been a moment where the Princess of Swords has stepped forward in your life, either through you or towards you from another person mirroring that, um, that quality that she carries, which is the quality of liberation through clear thinking, through seeing and knowing something. And because the Princess is young, she's not really encumbered by any of the, the sort of filters that older people have. The, the defences, the, the filters, the, the cynicism, the jaded point of view. She isn't that. She is fresh and young and for some reason has found herself trapped in a particular circumstance, but also has had the wherewithal to be able to free herself from those circumstances. And very much this is about freedom of self. And freedom of others may come secondary to this, but it is the freedom of oneself first. The Princess of Swords is very much an indication of the fact that there is nothing that you can do when your hands are tied, but once you are able to liberate yourself from those, from those things that are binding you, whoever tied them, whatever tied them, whatever circumstances happened that made you feel imprisoned, and I would suggest that the imprisonment felt it was real. In other words, it's legitimate. There's nothing about it. Even if it might be um, a mental um, prison, it doesn't mean that it isn't effective at keeping you bound. But here, there has been that freedom. And rebellion, again, that key word. Rebellion's an interesting word because I think the first thing that it calls up, well, it certainly does for me, the, the sort of my knee-jerk reaction to rebellion is that it's... Um, it's a maverick sort of pushback against rules. In other words, it's challenging authority. And it's very often painted in a negative light. In other words, in some way, the idea of rebellion 
is almost painted as rebellion for its own sake. So, for example, I have the idea of James Dean's movie Rebel Without a Cause. It's the challenge of authority without really knowing why. And I don't feel that that is the case here with The Princess of Swords. In her, in her light state, in other words, in, at her highest form of expression, it is not rebellion for its own sake. She is not a rebel without a cause. She is a rebel with a cause, but the cause is herself. So this is, again, she is rebelling against something that tells her or coerces her or forces her to remain tied, to remain helpless or bound or tied to something that no longer works for her. And the rebellion then is necessary in order to free herself, in order for her to find not only expression, but part of the new expression she finds is, is because of that clarity that she has. In other words, she is now free to express herself more clearly. What she has got, which has been hard won, is clarity. Her clarity has liberated her into clarity. And, um, and so rebellion here is a productive rebellion. Um, but as I say, there is nobody else in the picture of the Princess of Swords. It is just her. Her and those many, many eyes, though those all-seeing, all-perceptive eyes, and those are in her service. It may well be, then, that she can use that in the service of others, but she can be of no use to anyone if she isn't of any use to herself first. So, so it begins and ends with you, even and in spite of its maybe coming at you from the outside. If you see somebody who embodies the Princess of Swords in your life, whether male or female, whether young, middle-aged or old, ask yourself what it is that they might be reflecting to you and whether you have it in you or whether you are not aware of the qualities being inside you and, and whether perhaps you need to look more closely at what is going on inside you to see if there's something there that you hadn't noticed before. Because right now, all of those eyes around her headdress suggests that you have access to the ability to notice things that you haven't seen before and to get clear on a particular matter or issue that is close to your heart. And again, she holds her hand over her heart area. So while swords are to do with intellect, they are to do with air, to do with the mind, they are also to do with the heart here. And the Princess of Swords, although she is, um, although she is young, there is something here about an openness. So there is a guardedness around her, but there is also a willingness to be open. And, and that is your foundation. That has happened or is happening. But one way or the other, it is, it is something that has a strong flavor that's coming in now. Before I move on to the next card, I thought it might be interesting as well to bring up the shadow idea of the Princess of Swords as well. So, um, so if there is, so shadow is anything that is expressed through its absence or is the opposite is expressed. So a shadow aspect of the Princess of Swords, for example, is total passivity. It is no rebellion in sight whatsoever. It is the inability to see clearly, the inability to stand up for oneself, the feeling imprisoned by one's circumstances and by people and things around you. 
it is the the inability to talk to have a voice to share what what's on your mind to put down your foot and say that's enough I've had enough this is not going to continue any longer so that's one of the shadow aspects of the princess of swords Another shadow aspect of the Princess of Swords is rebellion for its own sake, so that rebel without a cause. The rebellion because it's rebellion against um, an authority. The rebellion exists outside of oneself. If it weren't for the thing you're rebelling against, there wouldn't be a need to rebel. In other words, it is in reaction to something coming up outside and not really coming from inside because there is no underlying... Um, validity to it apart from the rebellion itself. So, for example, if you have issues with authority, and many of us have issues with authority growing up in the families that we did, we may simply rebel against anything that is perceived as authority for its own sake because it's an authority, therefore it is wrong, we are right, and it must be cut down and shut down and ignored and rebelled against at any cost. And that can be self-defeating because the mind isn't in it anymore. Instead, what's in it is the is a complex, um, a very powerful complex that is then powering behind this action of rebellion. So the rebellion isn't righteous. It's simply, it's simply reactive. A rebellion that is against something purely for its own sake really doesn't go anywhere. It's, it, it can't do because the only reason why it exists is because of something outside itself. The origin of rebellion is not through the self, but rather through the complex. So it's worth also looking at that idea of shadow rebellion to see if that may also be at play. And it may be at play in a very subtle way, or it may be at play in a way that is quite obvious. It may be in you, it may be around you. Um, but, but just that's something that's worth bearing in mind, because given the fact that it's foundational, it is going to have an impact on the next card, which is the main theme. And so it's a good idea for us to get as, as princess of swords as we can, as clear as we can on what it is that we are stepping into so that we don't once again imprison ourselves in a particular illusion or delusion or set of beliefs, the mind, that are, that are then, you know, which then cause us to feel chained and ensnared by ropes again. So there is the foundational card and the current weather for this month is exactly the same card that we had last month in exactly the same position. So that is the five of wands, which is strive. I'm not really going to spend a huge amount of time on this simply because what I will do is I'm going to point you back to strive in the previous reading because what this suggests to me is not that um, not so much that we haven't done the work, but the work is continuing. This idea of striving to break out and break through and and have that that energy to be able to break out of patterns is still a process that we are dealing with right at the moment. And that seems that seems right for it to be going on, particularly around the time of an eclipse and and especially in the environment in which many, if not most of us, find ourselves in world events at this time. 
So going back to that previous reading, which I will link to um, in this reading, and I will link to the timestamp in Strive, though it might be worth just listening to again anyway, is that the Princess of Swords is the the aspect of one's self or the one, one's persona or personality or character that is really going to be able to be applied in a way that's, um, that, if it's done effectively, will break those patterns of the Eight of Cups, that indolence that was there last month. So she has become active in breaking out of that indolence and is now in the process of meeting and, and continuing to work with the striving towards an out, up and out, from the underworld into the upper world. And I think it's also worth going back to the idea of descent, particularly because of that indolence card and that idea of being trapped in the underworld, in decline or in depression, in a sense of sludge of an inward thinking, inward focused moment that maybe it's time um, to break out of. So in other words, that inward focus moment, that down and in was and has been absolutely necessary. But now the rest of the work is to free oneself from that, to be able to break out into the light. And the Princess of Swords hand, interestingly enough, which is reaching across um, across her chest, past her heart, towards the Five of Wands, it reminds me then of the hand that is breaking through the ground in the five of wands. And that is how she frees herself. So it's it's perception, all of those eyes, it's the mind, it's clarity, it's rebellion, though not for its own sake, but rather for the sake of oneself, driven by a fiery energy from below, this creative force, this oomph, this pre-verbal, pre-mental uh, pre-emotional driving force that is that you feel in your body as opposed to think in your mind or feel in your heart. It is it is very much the ones, strangely enough, as the first suit are most readily felt in the final suit, which are the pentacles, which is the physical body. Um, so so you can feel ones in your body. And, um, and so it's that moving and that driving through. One thing I would say, given the fact that these are swords and wands, this can be very volatile. So I think this goes back to the idea of what is it that rebellion means to you? And how is that looking in your life? Because the volatility of air, swords and fire, wands can create an inferno. And that can be rebellion for its own sake. And that can be incredibly destructive. But employed well, then it is about boundaries. So, for example, what's come to my mind is um, the opposite of what's been happening in various parts around the world. Controlled burning before an inferno starts can contain fires. So... Um, Back where I used to live in South Africa, in the bushveld, one of the most important things that has to happen before the dry season in winter is to burn pathways through the bushveld or to burn channels that then if the bush catches fire, because it is very, very dry in winter, it doesn't rain there, um, it gets stopped. It gets stopped at that boundary where that burn has happened. 
and and I think that that's one of the one of the really effective examples of of the good use of fire and and air to be able to create boundaries and the princess of swords is incredibly boundaried i would say but that boundary then is um needs to be applied even more when she is not bound so those boundaries that were imposed on her were actually imposed from the outside in on her the ropes tied around her the chain around her wrist those boundaries are other people's boundaries they're other people's laws they're other people's expectations or the ones that she has chosen to wear that aren't really hers and then she breaks through them but then it's about still remaining boundaried rather than boundless or boundaryless because then um, if that happens, then there is no meaningful breaking through to the surface, but rather there is just an incredible waste of energy as she burns through everything and everyone around her. So that um, it is, again, a controlled burn, but it is a very powerfully directed controlled burn. This is not a little smoldering pile of ash somewhere. This is a flame. It is a flame that can inflict damage, but it doesn't. It is done in the surface of preserving, and in this case, preserving what is true for the Princess of Swords. So in other words, this is done in preserving what feels true and right for you, not for anyone else. And it's not about tearing everything down and throwing the baby out with the bathwater either. This is preserving, but then what has to fall in order to preserve that what needs to be what needs to be burnt away in order to in order to keep safe the things that are very important to you and that real estate is lying inside you i would suggest it's not outside you it may be reflected outside you in possessions it may be reflected outside you in relationships but there is something here also about your own inner real estate and how precious that is to you and how much you will defend it because you have liberated yourself in some way. You know how hard won it has been to find something in yourself. And then it is about not losing yourself again, either by allowing encroachment into your boundaries or by destroying all of your boundaries in, you know, in, in the next instance because, because you are now in rebellion for its own sake. So Princess of Swords, Foundation, Strive, our old faithful card from last month, still active here, nothing wrong with that, this is an ongoing process. A lot of these processes take their time. One of the things um, that the Princess of Swords can be is impatient. The, the Prince of Swords is much more impatient. The Princess of Swords hasn't yet had had that um, demand on her ego to go out and prove herself. So it's just about retaining that open-mindedness and that ability to remain curious about what it is that's going on around you and what's going on inside you so that you can respond rather than react and not get too carried away with that sword and just slam it about everywhere and injure yourself and others in the process or destroy something that you've built up really rather carefully. Not all chains are the ones that bind you and not all ropes are the ones that imprison you. 
And then the final card, which is the agency card. So this is the one where you get to interact meaningfully. It's one touch point, one actual touch point. And there may be many others, but this is this is a key touch point between you and events inside you and going on around you for this month. And that is the hanged man. Now, I knew that there was going to be the hanged man because I was talking about surrender earlier. Um, I, I just thought when I was talking about that surrender, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if the hangman's going to come up because I'm talking about that. So the hanged man is that idea of surrender. It's, it's a difficult one. Um, paradox, yet again, coming up again. It's um, surrender by choice, but really you've got to the point where there is no choice. The only choice is the choice to surrender. And surrender is a very active process here. In other words, it's not just about hanging upside down like you know, and just hanging out and waiting for things to happen. But it is hanging upside down with the awareness that this is happening for some reason. Um, and I don't mean when I say, oh, it's happening for some reason, that you then need to somehow um, paint your circumstances into something nice so that you don't deal with them. So in other words, oh, this is happening for a reason, so it's absolutely fine. You know, this is all good. It's all for a reason. I don't mean it in that way that you try and bypass your way out of it by getting philosophical, a philosophical bypass. Oh, there must be a larger reason for this. Whether there is or isn't a larger reason is actually immaterial. This is more about what it is you're thinking and why. And the hanged man is an active process of surrender that tends to happen at a moment in time when you are mature enough to know that that is the best course of action that you can take. Not only the best course of action, it is an absolutely necessary course of action, not only for your um, for the circumstances, but actually for your own life, for your own well-being. So I'm now going to look at the hanged man and see if there are any phrases that stand out. Um, okay, so it says here, freeze, the ending of a bogged down situation or relationship, um, let go or abandon something, um, to look at something new, to break old patterns of behavior. Now, I'm going to pick up on that last one, the breaking old patterns of behavior, because one of the things that I see a lot and one of the things that I've been very guilty of in the past is that everything has to be active, that in order to break old patterns of behavior, in other words, in order to change, you need to actively go and work on change. You know, that I'm working on myself, I'm doing my work, um, I'm, I'm going to break out of this, I now know what my patterns are, so I'm going to make deliberate choices not to do that again. I'm afraid to say that most of those are not really effective at all. If they have been effective for me, for example, it's simply to know it's been effective in finding out that they aren't actually as effective as I thought. And I'll explain that a little bit more. If I have gone into a situation thinking, I'm now going to break this pattern, I'm now going to deliberately do something different. I am going to um, I'm going to go out and make a decision that um, that I'm going to behave differently here. 
what it does teach me is not what I think it's going to teach me or what I thought it was going to teach me. What I thought it was going to do was change my life. So in other words, I'd make totally new decisions and my life would change. But actually what it's taught me is that I can't actively try and change anything. That's, that's really what it's taught me. The experience of trying to actively break something has made me realize that I cannot actively break anything. Not these deeply seated um, patterns of behavior in my psyche. And that is the hanged man. It is that idea of surrender, of doing nothing. In our world where value is placed on doing, value is placed on earning, on acquiring, whether that's knowledge or whether that's money or whether that's insight, like the Princess of Swords, because there will be competition to see, oh, yes, I'm, I'm being incredibly Princess of Swords at the moment. I mean, that's, it's wonderful. I'm, I'm doing really well with that. I'm really embodying her well. Uh, the hanged man is the archetypal reminder that actually we're really not as in control as we think that we are. And one of the one of the lessons of the hangman being this sole major arcana card here, which is that um, and a major card is really about those very large archetypes that people meet over and over again in their lives, um, sometimes in one or two key occasions that, um, that remain with one forever, that change the course of their lives, but also impact or it's, it is to do with one's connection with oneself, with one's soul. And the hangman is the archetypal crucifixion. And that is where there is really no choice but to allow oneself to be suspended. And it's not even about allowing. There is no choice. You can either go into that suspension, kicking and screaming, or you can go in understanding that there are bigger forces at play. And then doing nothing. And by doing nothing, it's, it is about the doingness. It's not about the beingness. So in the hangman situation, one of the things that we are tempted to do, of course, is to try and gain some kind of traction over our circumstances and make the most of the hangman. You know, so there's, oh, I'm in the hangman. OK, so what can I do to really leverage the hangman so that I make the most of this opportunity while I'm here? Because that feels like the right thing to do. My experience is to do less not more, to do less. If you feel like doing more, do less. You know, hit that reflection the way that the hanged man is because his feet are up in the air and his head is now towards the water and the water is the unconscious and there he is mirrored in the unconscious. And in this particular card, his eyes are closed as a sort of depiction of looking into that mirror inwardly. Can you stand the reflection? That's really what it's about. It's not about trying to think a reflection into being or trying to work with your reflection. It is just simply, can you, can you tolerate that reflection, whatever it is that's reflected back to you? And that reflection may be masked in many things that need tolerating, boredom being one of them. Boredom is never about boredom. 
there is always something underneath boredom. And boredom is a very compelling way of ignoring what's underneath. Because if you're bored, then the the easiest thing to do is to reach for the simplest junk food solution to getting out of that, that horrible feeling of being bored. But that horrible feeling is, is just simply the call of something deeper. And the hangman is that call into something deeper. It's just that you don't really need to do as much about it as you think you may need to do or as you have done in the past. It's that fine line between actively surrendering, but then not working it too much, not controlling that surrender once you've done it. And it doesn't have to look a particular way either. And one of the things that happens is that we our mind kicks in and we judge ourselves. And particularly with the Princess of Swords, there's the double-edged sword. She is incredibly perceptive. She is intuitive. She is able to see things. Her mind is sharp. Her mind is keen and clear. And that mind can be in put to very, very good use in in driving up and out through the ground in the five of wands in strive. But it can also then end up making her spin or making you spin in these um, mindless sort of volleys of thoughts and, and pretenses at doing the work when the work is simply about doing less. And the hangman can't go anywhere. And I have seen, I've seen um, observations that the legs of the hand, hanged man make the figure of a four. And it's not quite so obvious in this card, but it is in other cards. And fours are a pause. You know, the four is the emperor and that is sitting still solid on his throne, knowing and being able to hold to himself. And the fours in the other, in, I mean, the four of swords is time out, you know. So there is that idea of, of taking that time out and, um, and noticing when your mind starts to spin yarns around, around that time in order to feel like you're being productive or in order to feel like, like you need to add value to yourself that in some, some way you need to seem more valuable than you might feel if you were just simply surrendering to the process of hanging upside down. Because one of the things that I've learned through all of my work with my clients and my, my, own, my own experience is that the unconscious is incredibly active and and we don't have to be in order for it to do what it needs to do. We might think that we have an illusion of control, and that's the shadow princess of swords, is that illusion of control um, in the depths of the unconscious. The princess of swords works brilliantly on the surface of everyday life, where things are in our awareness and we can see things. She is less effective if she wants to try and prize things out of the unconscious because the unconscious is out of all of our reach. And there is something here about trusting the process of one's own unconscious and taking our hands off the wheel. So you've got two very opposing kind of figures here with the hanged man on the one side, 
which is that that very big archetypal card of crucifixion and surrender, which then implies rebirth afterwards. But then also the reminder that you can't say, well, let me just work at this so that I can, you know, so that I can ensure that my rebirth is good so that I don't miss out on it. There's the mind working again. And then on the other side is the Princess of Swords, who is this keen, insightful, sharp, youthful, open, but young person, young at heart. And she has an incredibly valuable part to play in this. But the hanged man does too. And they work in a complementary way. And sorry, folks, but it's up to you to walk that line between the two of them, so that in some way that hand can break through and strive. You know, there are no handbooks to do this. And this reading is simply a guide. It, it, it provides some pointers along the way. But actually, the, the hard work of that balance between perception and action and boundaries, and then the hanged man whose head is sort of down and pointing towards the boundless is um, it's one that we will never get right all of the time. And if we feel like we have to get it right all of the time, then we veered off into, into the mind and control again. Again, it's that idea of, am I worth it? Am I of value here? Am I doing something of value here? Can I notch up a few points, you know, for myself um, so that somewhere, somehow, someone can tell me what a good job I'm doing. Um, and the hangman pays no attention to that whatsoever. It doesn't matter what job you're doing or not, because in the hangman, everything is suspended. And so therefore, this is about suspending yourself and also, in a way, about suspending the judgments about shoulda, woulda and coulda because they are going to work in some areas and they aren't going to work in others. And the deeper we go under the water, the deeper the, deeper the currents that are coming up, the less we do, the more it is about, well, you might not be able to trust, but it is about trusting that there is something, some intelligence, something that is not to do with our conscious mind, that is working something through. And we will find out about it in due course. And perhaps that's where the Princess of Swords comes up, is that she is able to see those things as they surface, as they make themselves known. And in that way, she is then able to continue that idea of liberation. So that hand breaking through the surface is the Princess of Swords working through the surface. But what's happening underneath in the Five of Wands is very much a mystery that perhaps doesn't need to be or never can be fully solved. And if that makes you feel uncomfortable about that mystery not being able to be solved, then maybe just sit with that discomfort for a while and see what comes out of that. And if nothing comes out of that, then that's absolutely fine too. But this, this fine line between swords and major arcana card is the key here. But most of all, in terms of the touch point that you have with your environment and with your life and with what's going on inside, 
is that idea of surrender and through surrender, seeing a new perspective. And then maybe the Princess of Swords in you can take that perspective and use it in some way. But that perspective reveals itself to you by itself without your conscious wrangling it out of the darkness or somehow um, levering it in a way or, or working towards it or striving for it, actually. The striving comes as part of it, but there is another force at play here. And as ever, I struggle to put my words to it and there is absolutely no accident about that because it comes from a place that is beyond words. It comes from a place that is beyond awareness. And I can suggest that maybe it's there in the same way that we can all pick things up that we can't quite put our finger on, but we know something is happening. And sometimes the best thing that we can do in those circumstances is to just wait things out and see what it is that reveals itself. And when it reveals itself, you will know. I hope that helps. And I'm going to leave it there. In the meantime, I hope that you all have a fantastic festive season if you are celebrating that. And I will speak to you next year in 2021. Take care. Bye. Thank you.